Okay, Bruchem Abam. Welcome, everyone. We want to welcome all of our Torah Anytime viewers. Um, Baruch Hashem, we're back here for another season. Gazun Tehet. And Amritz Hashem, Hashem should give us the Atu Deshmaya to have a season of Limen HaTorah Barabim. Yiratzayin, that we should be Zaycha Lahagdo Torah Lahadira. Tonight's share is sponsored um, by Rabbi Baruch Maximoff and family, and also by Rabbi Stephen Weissman and family. And we're Mubarech. <coughs> Them, their Bansham should bless all of their families Amen. with good health. Parnas Berevach, Nachas from all of their Mishpacha, Vimalika Hashem Komashalis Libchem Lataiva. Pashas Bereshis, before we begin, just a little uh, suggestion. You know, to, to mention this, uh, when we're up to Parshas Mase, you know, like we say, it's not always the best suggestion to talk about the mitzvah of being Maver Sedro when you're up to Parshas Mase. You know, when you're long lost in the midbar over there. But uh, Parshas Bereshis, it's always a good uh, opportunity to remind everyone of there's a simon in Shulchan Aruch, simon Reish Pehei, that uh, being Maver Sedra, if you look in the Gemara, the Gemara says, L'Oilam, right? L'Oilam Yashem Adam Parshiosev Emat Tzibor. person should always finish the Parsha with the Tzibor. But the Torah, the way the Torah says it over is, Sarech, you need to do it. But the way the Shulchan Aruch says it is Chayev. So this is a, a mitzvah that we have the opportunity to do. And it's Parshas Bereshis, this Shabbos. So it's a good time to start. If you say it along with the Balkari quietly, you're already a third of the way there. And after that, all you have to do is the Chumash one time, the Unklus one time. And the Gemara says, Kalamashlim, Parshazim, Matzibor, Ma'arichin la Yamav, Ushnoisav. It's a skula for Arichas Yamim. The best possible school of people looking for all kinds of schools for Arichas Yamim. Ein lanu ela divrei hagamara that kalamashlem parshiosim matzibor marichem layama avushneisav. Okay, parshas bereishis. We're going to look today at the episode of Cain and Hevel, and uh, I wanted to title the shear "Green Planet and Animal Rights." And uh, I think we are going to discuss that, but uh, we have to. Start slow. So let's introduce ourselves to two individuals, Cain and Hevel, right? They own the large share of our planet, right? There are only four people in the world, yet Adam and Chava, Cain and Hevel. And very interesting, if anyone has a chumash, who is older, Cain or Hevel? Cain is older than Hevel. Ultimately, Cain brings the carbon, Hevel brings the carbon. God accepts Hevel's carbon. God rejects Cain's carbon. And Hevel, so to speak, he dies al Kiddush Hashem. He's murdered al Kiddush Hashem. Hashem yumkam damai. And Cain, Cain has a big irida. He becomes a murderer. He has, to, he has to wander from place to place. And the Chafetz Chaim, when he looks at this episode of Cain and Hevel, he already sees, sees in it the seeds of what is going to happen in the names, the respective names, that Chava gives Cain and Hevel. Cain! Why was he called Cain? So Chava says, Kanisi ish es Hashem. I acquired a son with God. Chava says, that's a little bit of an arrogant name. I acquired a, na- a son with God, as if what she's a partner together with Hashem. As a, well, we know the Gemara Kedushan says, but you know, they're, they're silent partners, they're secondary partners. To say, to say it like that, to focus on that, Chafetz Chaim said that was an inappropriate name. 
But Hevel, on the other hand, Hevel connotes a the, the looking down on the pleasures of this world. Havel Havalim Amar Kohelas. Hevel connotes that this world is empty, everything is vain. And this was a more humble name. And Chavaz Chaim says already from the seeds of the Kavana, of the names that the parents gave them, that already sowed the seeds of what their future will be like. Okay. Now we come to something that is absolutely amazing. Let's talk about the careers of Cain and Hevel. Again, who's older? Cain is older than Hevel. And yet if you look in the Chumash, which career, whose career does the Torah talk about first? Well, it says, Vayhi Hevel Royet sign. Hevel was a shepherd. Vekayin Haya Oyved Adama. Very interesting. It says Vayhi by Hevel, and it says Haya by Kayin. But in any event, whose career does the Torah tell us about first? First, the Torah tells us about the profession of Hevel. Hevel was a professional shepherd. He was licensed by the shepherd department of planet Earth, right? He was an officially licensed shepherd. Cain, on the other hand, was a farmer. So the question is, why does the Torah mention the career of Hevel before the career of Cain? After all, Cain was older. So this question is raised by the Paneach Raza. Paneach Raza was one of the great Rishonim who tells us about some of the mysterious Ramazim and Chumash. It was written by Rishon by the name of Rabbi Yitzchak. And quite amazing... Rabbi Yitzchak writes that the reason why he named the Sefer Paneach Raza is the word Paneach has numerical value. Pei is 80, Ayin is 70, Nun is 50, Ches is 8, 208. And Yitzchak is 208. And the word Raza is also 208, so it's a hint to his name. Chida writes in the Shem HaGdoilim that later on in history, someone, the brother of the Marami Prague, wrote a commentary on Paneach Raza, his name was also Yitzchak. So Hashkacha had it that the two Yitzchaks contributed to the Sefer Paneach Raza. So listen to what the Paneach Raza answers. You're right, Cain was older. So why doesn't the Torah tell us about the profession of Cain before Hevel? It does. It does tell us about Cain's profession. You know what Cain's profession was? Kanisi Ish Es Hashem. He was a Kailo man. He sat in the base medrash and he learned all day. That's what his mother saw in him. When his mother looked into his eyes when he was born, his mother saw a future Talmud Chacham. So he, she said, Kanisi Isha Sashem. That was his profession. Hevel's profession was, Vayihi Hevel, Royet son. He was a shepherd. But then Kayin, he's sitting in the base medrash and he says, Hey, what's going on over here? He- Hevel went out into the workplace, so why don't I go out into the workplace? So what did Hevel do? He closed the Gemara, and he went out, and he became a farmer. Says, that's what Kai, right? Kayin followed his brother Hevel. He became a farmer. So therefore, says the Paneach Raza, Kayin did not do the right thing. Every person in life has his area that he is destined to succeed and excel in. And a person should not say, well... That person is working, so I should work. That person is learning, so I should learn. One's decision in their career path should have nothing at all to do with anybody else. One has to decide on their own, right? I need to do what my talents and my abilities allow me to do, what my area of expertise is. So Cain made a big mistake. 
His mother saw he was Kanisi Isha Sashem. And therefore that's how he began his career. But then when he saw what Hevel was doing, he said, well, if Hevel should go out and work, I should also go out and work. So this is a very big limud. This is a very big Musar Haskal. That when, in general in life, you know, usually for people to succeed in this world, the worst thing they could do is, hmm, let me see what he's doing. What has he got to do with you? I have to do, right? Every person knows what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are, what his abilities are. Kayin had a certain career choice that he was destined to excel at. Hevel had his career choice. And for Kayin to forsake his destined path because of what his brother did, right? Nowhere is Hevel ever criticized for being a farmer. No. God loved Hevel. God accepted Hevel's carbon. That was what Hevel was cut out for. But when Kayan sees his brother's career path and for him to copy it, we're not copycats. And this is a lesson in life in general. It's a lesson for parents. Some parents say, all of my kids are going to work. All of my kids are going to learn. You can't do that. You can't cookie cut them. Every individual has to understand on their own what their chosen path should be. That, that's something very obvious. If you study to lie and go to work, it's not good. But, but you're gonna do, if you're going to do the opposite, well, of walking, go to study. Look, everyone has, Harbei Asu, Karib Shimon Bar Yechai, Veloy also be Adam. Gemara says it's not for everybody. In fact, the Briskarov, Paskins, Halachalamaisa, in the Machloikis between Reb Shimon Bar Yechai and Reb Shmuel, right? Reb Shmuel says, Viasafta Diganecha, that's work. And Rav Shemarichai, right? The briskarav, the grizz, paskins. The normative path is v'yasafta de ganacha. If somebody wants to say, you know, Hashem hu nachalasai, so then, Niskadesh, like the Rambam says at the end of Hilcha Shemitah v'yoyvois, Niskadesh kodesh kadashim. But har v'yasu, Rav Shemarichai, v'lo yasu v'yadam. It's not for everybody. Some people mistakenly choose that path. So the same way, the same way Kayan is criticized for leaving his chosen path, a person can make a mistake the other way too. Okay. Let us move on. Very interesting. The Pasuk goes on to say that Kayan brings a carbon, it's not accepted. Hevel brings a carbon, right? It is accepted. Why does God accept Hevel's carbon and not Kayan's carbon? So, Rashi says, because Kayan brought Mipri Ho'adama. You know what Mipri is mashma? Mipri is mashma min ha'garua, inferior quality stuff. He didn't give the best stuff. But Kayan, but Hevel brought Mi the best stuff, right? Hevel brought the juiciest, fattest sheep, right, that you can make really good lamb chops from. And Hevel brought, you know, the shvacha linen, you know, really the oiskechalish, the linen. So, so that's why Hashem accepted Hevel. The Paneach Rosa offers another pshat. By Hevel it says, Mi First, you know, first Hevel gave to God, and then he decided which sheep would belong to him. Now, Kayan first chose what would belong to him, and whatever was the Shirayim, whatever was left over, that's what he brought to Hashem. Okay. Then, what happens? Hashem accepts Hevel's carbon, Hashem rejects Kayan's carbon. Kayan is depressed, he's despondent, he's down. God, why are you rejecting my, car- my carbon? So God gives him a whole Moser Shmuz. He says, what are you, you know? Hello, 
Biata Timshabai. God gives him a whole speech. What's the very next pasuk? Vayoimer Kayan el Hevel Achiv. And Kayan said to Hevel's brother, Vayhi biyosam asan. It was when they were in the field. Vayakom Kayan el Hevel Achiv. Vayahargeyo. Kayan kills Hevel. So I have a question for you. Vayoimer Kayan el Hevel Achiv. Kayan said to Hevel, dot 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 dot. And it was when they were in the field, and he killed him. Well, what happened? You know what it seems like? It seems like a guy went into the Sefer Torah. He cut out a Pasuk. Right? Vayoimer Kayin al Hevel Achiv. Kayin said to Hevel his brother, What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? Doesn't say. Vayoimer Kayin al Hevel Achiv. Kayin said to Hevel, it doesn't say what he said, and then he killed him. Okay. Says of Vilna Gain, Who is stronger? Kayin or Hevel? The Medrash Rabbah says, Hevel was a lot stronger than Cain. After all, Cain, the mother saw Cain. Cain was, you know, a small, short little Jew where he looked like a smart little kid. He said, you go into the base Medrash. Hevel was a big, brawny guy. You know, he worked out. He had big muscles. Hevel was much stronger than Cain. Hevel was out picking up the sheep. Cain was supposed to be in the base Medrash. Cain was a, you know, a shvacha guy, you know. But Cain wanted to kill Hevel. So you know what he used to do? He used to always go over to him. Achiv, my brother, my dear brother. Oh, how I love you, my dear brother. That's when you have to get nervous, right? That's when you have to get... <laughs> so he always used to call him brother, so Kain so so should let his guard down. And then after he let his guard down, that's when he was going to get him. Like the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Divrei Sholem and Rayem, you speak peace with your friend, and then at the night you stab him in the back, right? It's in Tehillim. Right? You stand. So therefore, says the Vilna Gain, Kain said to Hevel, you know what he said to him? Achiv, my brother. Ah, oh. and then Okay. Says the Grah, that's the Pshat. Hashem comes to Kayan and he says, Where's Hevel, your brother? What? What? Yeah, so Hashem says to Kayan. Aye Hevel Achicha. Where's Hevel, your brother? Why did Hashem have to say Achicha, your brother? There's only one Hevel in the world. There, it's not like, you know, the, the, the yellow pages. There are four people. There's Adam, right? There's Eve. There's Cain, right? And Ebal, right? So why does Hevel, your brother? What, there's another Hevel? There's like, a, there's a rhinoceros named Hevel? There's only one Hevel. So it says the Grah, Hashem saying to, to Cain, where's that guy Hevel that you constantly called brother, brother, brother? Where is he now? Okay. That's the Pshat of the Volnagain. Then there is an Ibn Ezra. This Ibn Ezra, I, I remember as a kid, I grew up in Agudas Yisrael based Binyamin in Flatbush. I remember Rabbi Yitzchak Izbi Zechazak Levracha said this over. Says the Ibn Ezra, Hashem comes to Kayan and he says, Kayan, what are you so down about? Why are you, what are you so depressed about? You're upset I didn't accept your carbon? Your carbon was, you know, was minhagarua. Uh, it was inferior quality. Haloyim teitiv says, you want to bring me a nice gishmaka carbon? I'll accept that. Vayoyimer kayin el hevel. Kayin thinks to himself, wow, that was a very powerful musr shmuz. Boy, do I know someone who needs to hear a shmuz like that. Hashem must have meant, when he spoke to me, that I should tell it over to hevel, because I can't think of anybody who would need such a shmuz. Says the Ibn Ezra, look at number eight. Hakari Velai, it would seem to me, Sha'omar Loi, Kol Hashem. 
You know what Cain said to Hevel? The whole Musr Shmuz that God says to Cain, Cain's thinking to himself, you know, wow, boy, do I need to tell somebody that Shia, right? That's human nature. You hear a good, powerful Musr Shmuz. And the first thing that comes to mind is, let me quickly write down all the people I could think of that need to hear about this, right? But uh, who said, when it comes to self-deception, every man is a genius? Who says that? George Bernard Shaw. George Bernard Shaw. Right? When it comes to self-deception, every man is a genius. That's what Ibn Ezra is saying. That you can have God looking you straight in the eye, telling you exactly what you need to hear. Here, Cain is despondent that God did not accept his carbon. Hashem is explaining why, and Cain's thinking to himself, boy, do I need to go tell this to Hevel. Okay. That is the pshat of the Ibn Ezra. Comes along Targum Yushalmi. Now, very interesting, right? The Gemara and Bracha says, like we mentioned, the person should say the Chumash twice, Targum once. Which Targum? Unklus. Specifically Unklus. Why Unklus? Because Unklus was given from Harsinai. What do you mean Unklus was given Harsinai? Unklus was a ger. Unklus did not make up Targum Unklus. Unklus was a tradition he had from his Rabbeim, Rebbelez, and Rabbi Shah. Targum Yonason ben Uziel was not written by Rabbi Yonason ben Uziel. Sorry to burst your bubble. Rabbi Yonason ben Uziel did not write, Rabbi Yonason ben Uziel wrote the Targum on Nevi'im. Look in the Gemara Megillah, on Daf Gimel. The Gemara says, Rabbi Yonason ben Uziel wrote the Targum on Nevi'im. And when he, when he exposed it to the world, right, Targum Yonason ben Uziel is just a different version of Talmud Yushalmi. That's just the name the printers gave to the first Targum to distinguish it from regular Targum Yushalmi. is not what I say, this is what the Chida writes. Okay. Look at the Talmud Yushalmi. You know what Cain said to Hevel? Va'amar Cain lehevel achoy. Cain said to Hevel the following. Let's go out into the field and talk. They go out into the field. Third line. Va'amar lehevel achoy. Less din, for less dayin. There is no judgment in this world. There is no judge in the world. For less alam ocharan. There is no world to come. There is no reward for the Rashiaya. There is no punishment for the wicked. In other words, what's he doing? He is being kaifer be'ikar. That's what he said. And Hevel turns back to him and says, No, istin, bi'istayin, this agar tavlet tzadikaya, this peronus l'rashiaya. In other words, you know what Cain said to Hevel? Before I kill you, let me just give you the introduction to this act. You're probably wondering why I'm about to kill you. So let me explain to you. Because there's no din, and there's no dayin, and there's no oilam haba, and there's no gehenim. So nothing to worry about. By the way, says the Arizal, if Cain said less din, less dayin, we once spoke about this. Who is the Gilgal of Cain? Cain had three Gilgulim. Kishavasayim, Yukam Cain, Yisroi, Kairach, Mitzri. The first Gilgal of Cain was Yisroi. What's Yisro's contribution? Because he's the Gilgal of Kayin, and Kayin said, less din, less dayin, so Yisro comes to fix that up. Okay, but that's a different topic for a different time. By the way, just a few interesting uh, ideas. Kayin and Hevel, besides being brothers, they were twins. Perkid Reb Lezer says, you can look number two, in number 10, Kayin and Hevel were Taimim. And they had an arrangement. And the arrangement was, it was like Yisachar Zavulan. Tayin worked the land. He gave his, the veggies to Hevel. Hevel worked with the animals. He gave the meat the, the, and the shearings to, to Kayin. And that was the deal. It comes the night of Pesach. And other Marisha knocks on the door and says, my, you know, my, my entire kinderlach, 
By the way, tonight is the night of Pesach. In the future, Klai Yisrael are going to bring many karbanas tonight. So you should bring karbanas tonight. So they decide to bring a carbon. Now we all know, this is very interesting, that one of the classic chukim in the Torah is shatness. Yeah? Why, why are you not aware of shatness? It's inexplicable. We don't understand. But we understand why if you buy a Giorgio Armani suit, you've got to take it to, right, to a guy to rip open the lapel. I mean... We understand that? What's the difference whether, you know, it has that string in the lapel? You know, it matters if, if you know, the button is, is uh, spun with a certain... Who cares? We don't understand. It's a classic, brother, this is not a Giorgio Armani suit. <laughs> Hat box, right? <laughs> um, but it matters? It's a chaiku. We don't understand, right? But says the Pirkei de Reblezer, Pirkei de Reblezer reveals to us a very profound reason for the Isra of Shatnas. And that is, Kayan's carbon. What's Kayan's carbon? Veggies. But Rashi says what? Zara Pishtan. Right? Pishtan. Flax. Linen. Right? Linen. What was Hevel's carbon? What part of the sheep? The wool. Says the Pirkei of Lezer. There's a place for evil in the world but not anywhere near us. You can't have an admixture of Kayan and Heva. Right? Where the, when you have something which is pure, which is Kadosh, which is Tahar, you can't allow admixtures in. There's a place. Ra has its place. Evil has its place in the world. But you can't, you can't dilute Heva. You can't dilute that which is good with any taint of something which is improper. Okay. Now we're up to the fun part. Okay? And this is really a major essay, a major understanding in the whole episode of Cain and Hevel. But before we get to that, again, what, is, what does Cain say to Hevel? Hashem says to Cain, where is Hevel? He says what? Lo yodati. I don't know. Hashem rachi So count on Hagoyin Reb Chaim Kenevsky to learn out along the Shahalacha from the response of Cain. What's Halacha? I tell you, you know, watch, um, watch my... Watch for me, right? Here's my watch. Okay. Come back an hour later. Where's my watch? Oh, first let's talk about it. Let's say, let's say uh, you say, where's my watch? I was balancing it on my finger on top of the Empire State Building and it just, uh, you know, it blew down. So what's the... So the, the shomer, the guard, is responsible. Why? Shia. Negligence. But what if he, I come back to him and I say, where's my watch? He says, I don't know. Why are so the Gemara says in Bab Metzian, Daf Lamed Hey, La Yadati Pshiyasahu. Saying I don't know is a Pshiyah, it's also negligence. Says Rabbi Chaim Kiyaski, where do we learn this from? From Kayan's response. He says, La Yadati, I don't know. Ha Shoimer Achi Am I a Shoimer? Which implies, but if I was a Shoimer, I couldn't say I don't know. That would have been negligence. But now that I'm not a Shoimer, I'm allowed to say La Yadati. In other words, because I'm not a Shoimer, I could say La Yadati. Okay. Comes the Sefer Ho'ikrim. And the Sefer Ho'ikrim makes an absolutely amazing diok in the Pesukim. Adam HaRishon was created in the image of God. But when Cain is born, it doesn't say he was born in the, in the image of God. When Hevel is born, it doesn't say he is created in the image of God. And then later on, at the end of the parasha, it says that when Shes is born, 
Sheis was born in the image and form of God. Why is that? Why? Kayin is not created in the image of God. Hevel is not created in the image of God. And the third son, Sheis, is? So says the Sefer Ho'ikram. Let's analyze the career paths of Kayin and Hevel. Kayin chose to do what? To be a farmer. Hevel chose to be a shepherd. Why did Kayin choose to be a farmer? You know what Kayin said? He said, when I go home at night, what does mom serve for her supper? Mom puts on my plate Brussels sprouts, spinach, barley, wheat, veggies. And my pet dog, Rover, what does he eat for supper? Mom gives him Brussels sprouts. Mom gives him spinach, barley. We're eating the same thing. So guess what? Me and Rover, we're all the same. Maybe I'm a little bit more sophisticated. Maybe have a little bit more intelligence. But the way Kayan looked at the world, I'm not any better than the animals. After all, we're eating the same thing for dinner. When I go to key food, there's no such thing as, you know, kosher food, Italian food, dog food. It's all the same. Right? It's food, food for Kayan, Hevel, and Rover in the same, on the same aisle. We're all eating the same thing. And, and you are what you eat, right? You are what you eat. You are what you eat. And therefore, we're all the same. So Kayan says, I'm going to be a shepherd. What right do I have to tell sheep what to do? I'm going to tell this shepsula to go here, to go there. That's not what God wants. This sheep should be allowed to choose where he wants to go. And therefore, Kayan said, the only thing I have superiority over are the Brussels sprouts and the spinach and the barley and the wheat. And therefore, what am I going to offer to God? Veggies! And that's what Kayan did. And that's what kind of job Kayan did for a living. He was a farmer. Hevel was a little smarter. Hevel understood that human beings are greater than animals. But only that we have more intelligence than them. And it's in their best interest for us to tell the sheep where to go. After all, if the sheep are going to follow their own desires, they're going to end up walking into the lion's den or the wolf's den. So therefore, since we have more intelligence than the sheep, God wants us to direct the sheep. We're all the same, basically. We're the same. We're not really inherently greater. We just happen to be more sophisticated. And therefore, Hevel's career path was shepherd. But Hevel also made the mistake that human beings are not really greater than animals. By the way, this is all from the Sefer HaIkram. Sefer HaIkram was written by Rabbi Yosef Alba, one of the great Rishinim. So basically, how do we understand these two attitudes? Kayan feels animals and humans are equal. Hevel feels humans are a little bit greater, just with more intelligence, and we're able to guide them. By the way, that's why Hevel was a shepherd. What kind of carbon does Hevel bring? Hevel says, you know what? God doesn't allow us to kill animals. After all, killing an animal in Hevel's mind is, mu- is murder. It's cold-blooded murder. What's the difference between animals and human beings? But to offer something to God, you know what Hevel says? God is superior to humans and animals. So therefore, we want to offer him something that demonstrates that he is superior to this class. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go to my mother and I'm going to offer her as a carbon. I'm going to go to my brother. I'm going to go to my father. No, I'll go to Rover. Yeah, we're all the same, but I'm not going to go to my family. And that's what Hevel did. 
How do we understand both of these attitudes? Both of these attitudes are absolute apikarsas. Heresy. It's heretical. It's heretical certainly to think that humans are equal to animals. It's heretical to think human beings are just a little bit more sophisticated than animals. Both of these things, if you believe them, you have a fundamental crack in your hashkafa. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it, by the way. <laughs> Says the Sefer Ikrim, which one is worse? Well, in a way, it's worse to think that human beings are equal to uh, animals, and that's why God rejected Cain's carbon, and he accepted Hevel's. But when Cain comes to kill Hevel, you know what God says? Which one of these two philosophies are more likely to be accepted by the world? Complete left-wing liberalism, no one's going to believe that. So I don't have to deal with Cain, I can let him live. But moderate liberalism, people might buy into that. So therefore, when Cain comes to kill Hevel, I ain't stopping him. Because as bad as Cain is, nobody's going to believe that. But Hevel, he understood human beings were greater and more sophisticated, but he believed that in general we're the same class. And therefore, when Cain comes to kill Hevel, God said, I ain't stopping because I don't want this philosophy spreading in the world. Okay. So what happens? Cain is watching, okay, get ready for this. Cain is watching as his brother Hevel takes a knife and shechs a sheep. What? He's a roitzeach. He's a murderer, a cold-blooded murderer. To kill an animal? Animals and human beings are all the same. So you know what, Cain? Cain comes up with the following conclusion. It must be that if God doesn't, is not punishing Hevel for killing an animal, you're allowed to murder. You're allowed to murder. So Cain says, if he could kill the sheep, then I could kill him. And there is no difference at all. You see how dangerous this type of philosophy is? When people start standing up for animal rights, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to human life. It's close to murder. It's kar of l'ritzicha. Not kar. The Sefer Ikram says, as soon as Cain saw Hevel kill the animal, Cain became a cold-blooded murderer. It's not a coincidence that in countries that are strong advocates of animal rights. It's supposed to be the opposite. Huh? It's supposed to be the opposite. If Evel actually killed... Right, if Kevel, Hevel killed an animal, that means you're allowed to murder. So he's supposed to be more killer than the kind. He don't know what it is. He already... No, he, he sees there's no repercussions. That means Hashem, Hashem is masking. Hashem gives us Askama. Ah, so Cain, therefore, when Cain sees Hevel kill the animal, Cain gets up, he kills Hevel. Yeah, Cain kills Hevel. You know, whether this fits exactly with the Targum Yishalmi, this is another, you know, another approach to the episode. Okay, but that's, that's what happened. So basically, the, the Sefer Ikram is giving us insight, A, into the career paths of Cain and Hevel. Cain chooses to be a farmer. Why? Because he doesn't feel it's right to, to guide animals. Hevel chooses to be, um, to be, a, to be a, a shepherd. He understands the supremacy of human beings, but not really. They're both off. They're both distorted philosophies. 
This explains why Cain decided to offer what he offered and Hevel decided to offer what he offered. Hevel offers an animal. He understands human beings have a certain degree of supremacy. Cain offers the veggies to God. But once, Cain, once Hevel kills the animal, Cain kills Hevel. So Hashem says to Cain, you're making a big mistake. It's true, it says in Sefer Eov, that when a human being is born, Ayer, Pera, Adam Yivaleh, man is born a wild mule. Yeah, we're born like animals. But halayim teitiv se'es. The purpose of life is to improve yourself that you're not an animal. And because of that potential that man has to imtetiv se'es, that is why human beings are supreme over animals. But Kayan still doesn't get the point. He can't get it. He can't understand that. Not only can he not understand that, he has descendants, he has grandchildren, and this philosophy continues on. But nowhere in the children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren do we ever hear one word that any of them were born but Salam Alekim, the image of God. You know why? Because this was not something the world could understand yet. The world could not understand that human beings are not just more sophisticated animals. They kept on feeling that, you know, we're just... Yeah, more, more uh, progressive. Until Chase is born. And when Chase is born, he gets the point that a human being is a divine creature, is a divine being. And everything in this world was created to serve man. Because any time, it's not that we, we are cruel to any living creature. It is elevating them. It's an elevation for them. Because a human being has the, the Tzalem Alekin, has the Nishmas Chayim, is created in the image of God. When a human being uses that which exists in this world, obviously in a manner of Rachmanus and sensitivity, but nevertheless, everything in this world is created for man's use. And it's an elevation. That's why we make a bracha. When you eat something, you make a bracha because it's an elevation for that thing to be used by the Adam HaShalem. And not until Shays was born did mankind understand this idea. And ultimately Hashem said, Sorry Kayin, sorry Hevel, I have to wipe you all out. Because we can't have a world. Planet Earth cannot be successful with this philosophy. Because when people have the philosophy that human beings are even greater than animals, but are just greater animals, that leads to bloodshed, that leads to murder, that leads to chaos. Maybe not now, but eventually. That's the natural consequence. It's a natural consequence. And God said, we can't have a world like that. So sorry, we're going to flood the world. Hevel's already gone. Cain, Hashem wipes out all the descendants of Cain. It's an amazing thing. Now let's think about the following. Ultimately, Cain and Hevel are both being punished for thinking that human beings are either equal to animals or just more sophisticated animals. Why are they punished for such a thing? That's their opinion. That's what they think. That was the conclusion that they came up with with their own mind. They're not doing anything wrong. Are they doing anything wrong? No. Are you telling me that people are responsible not only to choose the correct actions but to formulate the correct opinions? And if they don't formulate the correct opinions, there are actually repercussions in this world for not having the proper hashkafa and outlook in life. And not just repercussions, serious repercussions. Yeah. 
The Sefer Ikram is telling us that people don't only believe something because that's how they were born or the circumstances in life. Ultimately, you believe what you want to believe. No one is coerced. No one is forced. Nobody, because of certain circumstances, has to formulate any opinion. Everyone has absolute free choice, not only to act, but to think. And if somebody comes to improper conclusions about attitudes toward animals, toward the planet, toward events, toward history, toward anything that are not in line with the way Hashem wants a person to think, a person's accountable for that. And that means a person has to learn not only what to do, but what to think. A person must learn what to think. Here, it's an amazing thing. Hevel's a great guy. What's wrong with Hevel? Hevel's standing there. He's bringing his fattest sheep. I mean, he has maybe a hundred sheep, right? And this sheep weighs more than any other sheep. And it baths louder. And it's his favorite sheep. And he offers the sheep to God. And God accepts it. But then when Cain comes with the sword to kill Hevel, you don't think God could have protected Hevel? Of course He could have protected Hevel. But Hashem chose not to. You know why? Because Hevel had an improper attitude. He didn't understand the divine nature of man. That's a, that is a powerful lesson. What are you saying? doesn't matter how much... Uh... Knowledge a man acquired. If you finish Harvard or if you didn't go to school, he's eventually. By the way, that's, which is the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Which eventually would be able to make the, his own decision for between good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. But not only to choose between good and bad in masa and actions, a person is responsible to come to the correct conclusion. And these Cain and Hevel, nobody, nobody ever came to Cain and Hevel and gave them a safer Torah. Cain and Hevel, you need to know you were created in the image of God. Nobody told them. You know, we don't find they had a nevuah that they're created in the image of God. This is something intu- intuitively, instinctively, they needed to come to this appreciation that a human being is a divine creation. And because they didn't, that's why the Torah makes a very big emphasis that their children were not born, but because Cain and Hevel, neither of them understood. They didn't get it. How are they supposed to know? What? How are they supposed to know? God gave every human being the Seichel Hayasha, like we say in Kohelas. God made a person straight. But mankind comes up with all these concocted schemes and ideas. The person without bias and without prejudice is able to see things. And if a person is not able to, then they need to go learn. They have to ask the Chacham. Adam Arishon knew it. Maybe they should have learned from Adam Arishon. Even Avimelech. The Gemara says that Avimelech comes to Avraham and um, he says, Avraham, right? Avraham, the first question he asks, who's this woman? And ultimately he's punished because he asks, who's this woman? So Gemara asks, what's wrong with what he did? Sigmar says, it's not Derech Eretz that the first thing somebody does when they, when they come to see, you ask them who the woman is. So Gemara asks, how's he supposed to know that? He should have, went to, he should have gone to learn. He should have gone to learn. Rebbe Chanan Wasserman says even further in the Kavitz Mamarim, listen to this. Rebbe Chanan says, you know, someone is an Apikairis, right? Okay, you know, it's Rachmanus. Definitely there is, a, there is a concept of mitigating circumstances where a person is not able to fully exercise their free will. But nevertheless... What about somebody 
you know, for whatever reason, he's not, he's not keeping. He's not keeping. So Rav Hanan starts off like this. Step number one is, every human being is obligated to believe in a God. And there's no excuse. There's no, there's no such thing as you were born under circumstances that, you know, Tinak Shanishba, right? You see this cup, right? If anybody would ever say that, uh, you know, there was a wind came along and reconstituted the chemicals of the, this rugula over here and formed the cup, right? They would be insane. Everybody knows someone had to make the cup. So how could anybody in the right mind say that the world, which is infinitely more complex than the cup, came by itself? So it's a Dover Pasha. Every 13-year-old kid is expected to understand that there's a creator. Says Rabbi once you know there's a creator, it is also obvious that that creator told us how to live. Otherwise, you know, we're just, how are we supposed to know what to do? So now, to figure out how we're supposed to live, now we're obligated to go and learn. And it doesn't matter where you grow up, it doesn't matter where you are, who you are, when you are, from where you are, once you know that there is a creator who taught this world what we got to do, so now you got to go seek it out. And nobody is off the hook. There's no such thing as uh, you know, mitigating circumstances. Ultimately, there's a responsibility that everybody bears to, to find out the truth. And this is a powerful lesson we're learning from the Sefer Ikram. Where Cain and Hevel are held accountable for improper outlook toward man. And that's step number one. Because before a person is a good Jew, he has to understand what it means to be a human being. A human being is a different strata than an animal. A human being is not a more sophisticated animal. A human being is in the image of Hashem. In fact, that's why it says, Kedoshim to you. Kedoshim to you. You have to be holy. And the Chazal say, Yachal Kamayni, I would think you could be as holy as God. No, no. You can't be as holy as me. That means that I would actually think that a human being can be as holy as Hashem. Not only would we think that, we should have thought that had the Torah not written You know why? Because we're expected to realize that we have a divine spark and that divine spark has so much potential greatness that if not for the fact that God told us we can never be as great as Him, we should have thought we could be as great. So that's one of the lessons we learned from the Sefer Ikrim, and this is a very important hakdama to the entire Torah, that Adam, that man, is not just a sophisticated animal, is not just a more progressive animal, a human being is a different class, a human being is created by Tzalmai, Uve Demusai, and until that concept was realized, the world was not, re- the world was not re- ready to continue. And when there was one individual by the name of Shays who understood this, God said, everybody else, we got to clear the way. Nobody else could, could remain. Because this is a dangerous, poisonous, poisonous, venomous idea. Why is it here again then? Have a wonderful evening. <laughs>